Hello and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Mid-East Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Pakistani political and military leaders have vowed to eradicate ultra-conservative religious extremism that drove a mob to torture, brutally lynch a Sri Lankan national, and burn his body in the eastern city of Sialkot. Some 900 cases have been filed with police and 235 people arrested in connection with the killing. Priyantha Kumara Diawadana, a 48-year-old textile factory manager, was accused of removing from machinery before a visit by foreigners stickers of the TLP, or I Am Present Pakistan Movement, a far-right group, militantly religious group. Some reports claimed that a dispute between Mr. Diawadana and workers sparked the lynching. It was not clear whether the argument may have been connected to the stickers. The TLP condemned the Sialkot killing, but has often turned unfounded blasphemy allegations into a violent crusade in a country where punishment for blasphemy is mandatory. Whatever sparked the killing, the government's response seemed aimed to project determination to tackle a festering problem. It is a claim that rings hollow in a country where government policies are inconsistent or appear to encourage religious ultra-conservatism and intolerance. We'll see the truth of this soon enough when the next Pakistani, be he or she Muslim, Hindu, Christian or otherwise, is lynched in the name of blasphemy, said journalist Sarahuro, because that's going to keep happening no matter what becomes of those arrested in the Sialkot lynching. You know it, and I know it too. Despite acting against Mr. Diawadana's killers, government and military leaders failed to censor Defense Minister Pervez Khattak for downplaying, if not justifying, the killing. Speaking after Mr. Diawadana's killers proudly admitted their crime in front of TV cameras and posted selfies with his mutilated body online, Mr. Khattak described them as boys entering adulthood who were ready to do anything and learn with age how to control their emotions. So this happens among kids. Fights take place and even murders. Does this mean it's the government's fault? Most of the suspects in Mr. Diawadana's killing were under the age of 30. Mr. Khattak's remarks seem a throwback to four years ago when the military appeared to openly support the TLP as it staged a mass protest against the government of former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif. Don, Pakistan's flagship English-language newspaper, summed up the state of affairs in an editorial. The paper said that such a statement from a federal minister should come as a shock. But unfortunately, we are accustomed to our public officials being in denial about the realities of extremism and violence in the country. Weeks earlier, the government had initially caved into demands of the TLP under pressure from a mass protest march of thousands of the group's followers on the capital Islamabad. The demands included the reversal of a decision to outlaw the group and releasing its leader and followers from jail. However, a week later, the government backed out of the deal with the group. Days before the killing, Mr. Khattak's colleague, Information Minister Fawad Chowdhury, 
sought to shield from criticism religious seminaries or madrasas, an influential segment of Pakistan's education system. Mr. Chowdhury, who unambiguously condemned Mr. Diawadana's killing, did so by blaming the spread of extremism in Pakistan primarily on public schools rather than on madrasas. The institution of the madrasa has become the primary political base for religious groups and religious political parties and continues to strictly adhere to its potentially explosive sectarian character. It is expanding and encroaching on the formal education sector and the state has failed to regulate the institution, said Pakistani analyst Muhammad Amir Rana. Countering Mr. Chowdhury's assertions, Mr. Rana noted that formal education institutions have not produced a fraction of the number of militants who enter the ranks of various national and international terrorist organizations which the madrasas belonging to different banned militant organizations have produced so far. Mr. Rana made his remarks days before the Sialkot killing, but he could have been writing after the incident when he noted that successive Pakistani governments had sought to depoliticize education on campuses, while the madrasa students remained politically and ideologically charged and vulnerable to be exploited for street protests and recruitment for military purposes. Mr. Chowdhury got it right when he pointed to the public system but failed to mention that it was because the government was increasingly hiring madrasa graduates as teachers in the public sector. The madrasa mindset is at full play in society and is responsible for promoting two major socio-political conflicts. First, the sectarian divide, and second, ideological radicalism, Mr. Rana warned. That mindset is gaining further ground with the introduction of a singular national curriculum that gives greater importance to religious education. A court in Lahore has ordered that all school stu students in Punjab be checked for Quran reading skills. Preliminary reports suggest province-wide confusion and chaos and a state of fear among children, teachers, and school principals. Magistrates, accompanied by rifle-bearing policemen, are pouncing upon schools, interrogating 70 12-year-old children, reported nuclear scientist and human rights activist Pervez Hoodboy. Grim-faced magistrates swooping down upon schools, destroying the authority of teachers and school principals, and putting terror into the hearts of all is a disgrace to, to the notion of education. It may not end here, Mr. Hoodboy warned. How we dress, speak, and think is going to be increasingly policed. Imran Khan's Pakistan is racing down the path to Talibanization, he added referring to the Pakistani Prime Minister. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.